Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Lisa Anderson is the director of Boundless and Young Adults Focus on the Family, and she hosts The Boundless Show. It's a national radio program and podcast, and she loves connecting with single young adults and strategizing how to better equip them for life, for relationships, and a faith that goes the distance. And she's our guest today. We've had you on the show before, Lisa, and always you bring the goods, and we're super excited to have you with us again today. So thank you for giving us some of your time. Great to be here, you guys. I'd love to hear just how you met Jesus and what your story is. Did you grow up in a Christian home, or at what point did you say, I'm all in with Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think if I'm one of those people, you know, if you if you thought that you could inherit your salvation, I definitely would have, because my parents are like the poster children of just faith awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were both missionaries, uh, actually back in the 50s and 60s in the bush of the Philippines. Wow. And uh, before I was born, they were one of the first couples to go out under their mission organization to the Philippines. And then my dad pastored when they returned, and I was born in that era and stuff, and just grew up with my parents being who they were at home was who they were in public, and I just had great examples of faith. And I remember, actually, a missionary and another missionary coming to our church when I was five years old and talking about sharing Jesus, I believe it was a country in Africa, and just going home and telling my sister, I think I I don't know if I have accepted Jesus, mm-hmm. and I need to know that. And And she said, well, I can pray with you. And I remember doing that. We lived in a big farmhouse in Minnesota, and I remember her praying with me. But it's so funny, because as I've moved through life, it's really become one of those things where, you know how you get angsty about, like, you know, you're at summer camp, and you're like, am I really saved? And what does this mean? And you walk aisles, like, 12 times just to be sure and all that. And I just feel, I feel like I've become more confident later in life now that, in fact, I heard a a pastor say this once that, you know, how do you know you're born again? You know you're born again. I'm sure there are times the Spirit, you know, you're convicted of your own sin, you live a life of repentance, but are you waking up each day and reorienting yourself to the cross? Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely what I have to do every day so I don't get caught up in success, Mm self-promotion, self-interest, selfishness, everything about myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's where I just say to myself, wow, you know, to walk it out and to live a life not based on one decision I made or feeling like I have my ticket to heaven, Mm -hmm. but just realizing that all of life is dependence upon Christ. And that's really where I sit each day of every day of the year. That's so good. I feel like you know, you're my sister from another mother because this is my reality, just having to reorient myself every single day and re-surrender kind of my yeah. own plans and my own, you know, selfishness and say, Lord, remind me today and walk close with me today and remind me that it's not about me. Yeah. And just remembering that, you know, the scripture says the Lord knows those who are his. And if I, you know, if I was chosen before the foundation of the world, my future is secure and I can rest in that. And I don't need to be angsty about have I disappointed God today? I think so many Christians live in this fear that, well, you know, God loves me because he has to, but he doesn't really like me. But the fact that God is delighted in me only because I'm his, that is a confidence that I have that is so encouraging to get me through the days when I know I'm failing, which is about, you know, I don't know, seven days out of seven. (laughs) (laughs) He loves us because he loves us. I love what Brennan Manning says. Of course, he's with Jesus now, but he says, you know, when we stand before the Lord, he's going to ask us one question. 
did you believe that I loved you? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the old school question, you know, why should I let you into heaven? You know, but Brennan says, no, it's not that. It's, did you believe that I loved you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Which is what gets us in. <laughs> uh, just believing that he loves us because he loves us because he loves us. Yeah. Well, because we're so interested, I mean, in our own strength, in looking at our performance, you know, our sin management systems, our performance, our ticker tape. And, you know, Brendan is such a great example of a guy who was just like, if there's anyone who shouldn't get into heaven, it's me, you know, Mm -hmm. struggles with lifelong alcoholism. You know, he, he constantly said, if I, you know, I'm constantly failing, I'm constantly failing. And that's where we have to say, but for Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why his record was given to us. And we have the confidence that with his record alone, that's what we can stand before God with, because on our own, we're just not going to cut it. We're the ragamuffin crew. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a good place to be. We want to get really practical and talk a bit about Christmas. How do we not only develop a budget, but how do we stick to it? Yeah, so this is crazy because this is where, you know, in conversations I've had with people, we get so worked up about how am I going to do Christmas and then all of us hate it (laughs) and everyone goes into the new year just regretting everything that they purchased and everything they got. So the first thing we have to decide is why are we giving gifts and who are we giving gifts to? So, you know, we have to be willing to pare down our list. So there are people listening right now who are freaking out because they haven't even started any shopping. When did we get this idea that like, that one hairdresser that we got a haircut from once, we have to get them a gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) people get worked up about this or like your creepy uncle, he does not need a gift from you, you know, or the, (laughs) you know, whatever random neighbor down the street. I mean, it's just like pare down your list and get an attainable list of people that you actually want to honor with a gift. And Mm -hmm. I think you'll be a lot better off doing that because this obligatory gift giving is so last season. We've got to just be willing to let that go. Now, in light of that, then, then we have to realize, okay, for the people that remain, how do we give creatively? And I feel like my audience, you know, which is largely younger adults, mostly single and stuff, they've started learning to rock this out because we just have to. So we're the ones that go and visit the extended family for Christmas. And we've got the siblings who are now married with kids. And there's this expectation that we're just going to get a gift for everyone, like every kid. And then, you know, in return, it's like we get the family gift, like they all give us one (laughs) gift as a family. And we're like, hey, is this equitable? (laughs) I don't know. So then everyone's bitter and it just ends up not working out. So think creatively in the way of like, what group gifts can you give? And I'm such a huge fan of experiences. So if you have a family with young kids that you want to give to, this is the time to pull out that membership to a zoo or an aquarium. This is, I mean, clearly because I'm speaking on behalf of Focus on the Family, the Adventures in Odyssey Club, my goodness. I mean, that is a gift that gives all year and it's so fun and fresh with so many great ideas for families. So stuff like that. Or another kind of experience like especially if you have older kids, like an escape room or something where you guys can all do something together that is a fun activity. That's just a great way to kind of go in on gifts. And it's just fun for promoting togetherness as a family as well. The other idea that I think is just fantastic for folks who need to be on a budget to do is give a skill from yourself. Now, this should ideally, other than time, be generally, you know, cheap, if not free. So for example, 
young adults or, or any adults who have like those grandparents in your life and you're like, what do I get grandma and grandpa? Cause I already gave them a digital frame. So what do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the idea. You help them think of all the tech that they have to wrestle with that they absolutely hate. So maybe they need digital photos organized. Maybe they need a tune-up on their computer. Maybe they need music loaded on their devices. Maybe they need their social media cleaned up. You just give them a certificate that you're going to put some time into that and help them wrestle that kind of project. I guarantee you any boomer, any grandparent is going to love you (laughs) for that because you're taking something that is easy for you and you're going to do it. Now, conversely, older folks who are listening, what can you get for your younger adult? Well, this is a great opportunity to give something that you do well. So for example, I've been talking to some young adults and they're like, oh my goodness, like, can someone just show me how to make like three meals that are cost effective that don't have 32 ingredients that I actually can make and bring to work or bring to, you know, eat between classes or whatever. So set your younger adults up or your teens with a cooking lesson with grandma or with someone who can just share their best recipes and you send them home with that recipe. So getting creative is the way to go. So maybe you're a photographer, maybe you're the person who's like a great person at declaring You can gift someone a certificate for a couple hours of that or babysitting. Mm. There are just a lot of fun ways to make it happen. That's awesome. My daughter, um, her primary love language is quality time. And she took us all glow in the dark miniature golfing. That was so (laughs) much super fun. Yeah. You shared some great gift ideas for gift giving on a budget. Lisa, you had a great suggestion for our seasoned listeners to give to younger adults. Give them a like a, a cooking lesson, like how to do three dishes. You know, this is where like grandma, help your grandkids out or moms, you know, with kids. A cooking lesson on how to make three things that are easy to make, cheap to make and relatively healthy that they can put in their arsenal for young adulthood, you know, to kind of make it without hitting up fast food every day of the week. Okay, so what I think we should give to young adults or our kids or teenagers is just, say, Quaker Instant Oatmeal. I mean, (laughs) it's just, I am just so lit up now. We went to Florida. My wife and I went to Florida. We were at this hotel with roaches and for breakfast. Yeah, for real. For breakfast, okay. they had these Quaker instant oatmeals, and that was the one redeeming, you know, quality of the the experience. And I was a yogurt eater for breakfast. I'm on to Quaker instant oatmeal, honey and almonds, the brown sugar. <laughs> so that's one suggestion. The other thing is, I don't know if you ever heard of the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd Jones. Oh, sure, yeah. That is something to give the youngest age, right up through high school, in my opinion, because. It just shows how the Bible is one story about Jesus. It's hard to really see that many times in the actual Bible, but it it serves as a template for what the Bible is all about. So I would highly recommend given to, you know, to to toddlers, to elementary, to, you know, middle schoolers, to high schoolers, even college. My kids, you know, are in their 20s, the Jesus Storybook Bible. It reminds me, my nephew had a copy of that. And when my mom was out visiting him, this was years ago, she was reading. I don't know. She had just picked up wherever the wherever the bookmark was, you know, in the Bible. And she said, OK, Chase, we're going to read this. And she started reading. And, and he said, Nana, read a killing one. Read a killing. Oh, my one. gosh. <laughs> 
for stepping into the Christmas season, Lisa, and talking a lot about the Christmas story and just kind of trying to shine a different light, come at it from different angles. But we'd love to hear from you this morning. What Christmas character or what part of the story do you resonate with the most? The one person I'm not is Mary. I mean, the Magnificat. I'm like, I would <laughs> never come up with that. I mean, just that like sense of wonder and this like, you know, even in the other Mary, you know, or one of the other Marys in scripture, when we when we compare Mary with Martha, you know, the sisters of Lazarus, I'm definitely a Martha. And so I'm like, I need mm. to know what's going on. I need to know the plan. I usually have to be in control of the plan. And here's Mary, whose like entire life is going to change. And, and she's just like, oh, my soul magnifies the Lord. And I'm like, nope, not her. Okay, so I'm going to put myself with the wise men. I was going to say the shepherds because I can generally just be like clueless. And I can't even imagine what it was like when just like the heavens opened up and they're like, what is going on here? What's up? Why don't we know about this? That would be me. I'm just always a little bit behind. (laughs) But then I'm actually going to say the wise men because I'm thinking to myself, here they were totally other country, not even part of the initial scene, but their fear of missing out was so strong (laughs) that they had to just start traveling and be like the fact that they believed and they wanted to believe and they had anticipated this and they'd heard about it and they took what they knew. I mean, that for me is so powerful to see that it started them on a journey that was like, we need to find out if this is the child that was promised. And so kind of my own strong sense of FOMO and feeling like I want to be part of this. I want to see what's up. Makes me feel like I would have saddled up a camel and headed uh, west (laughs) as well. And so I would have loved to be part of that caravan, my goodness, and arriving, what, two years later? What in the world? So I just, I find that amazing that it's kind of like that next chapter in the story. It wasn't just that night, the story continued. Man, I'm with Lisa. These guys were just tenacious to get to Jesus. It took them probably two years to get to Jesus. They were non-Jews. So they probably had the Hebrew scriptures because when the the Jews were exiled into the the east, Mm -hmm. you know, east of the Middle East, they probably had become exposed to the, the Hebrew scriptures and they were searching the scriptures and, and also you know, the stars were part of that, but, but these guys were just hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful picture of how this world is lo- really longing for Christ, for a Messiah. And these guys knew it intuitively. They knew it from the scriptures. And man, it just right now makes me realize how we do need to get the scriptures mm-hmm. where the where the Bible is not because it does, is it's a massive part of creating that hunger for the Messiah. And I guess finally for me, it's just, I, do I have that tenacity to get to Jesus? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a challenge for me. There was a, we went, we were able to emcee the World Missions Celebration Dinner and um, a gentleman there, Paul Eshelman, who has had a key role in making the Jesus film happen, mm-hmm. was telling us stories about people longing to get scripture. And he talked about a man in a village who heard there was a book that told you how to live forever. Mm. And wow. he wanted to get his hands on that book. 
And so he he asked all the village people to donate money because he didn't know how much this book was going to cost. He figured it would be really expensive. And so he gathered all the money and he felt like, you know, something inside of him was telling him to go and sit on this rock with all this money. It doesn't make any sense, but he did it. And he sat there on the rock and, and, you know, said, if there, if this book exists, God, show me this book. And not long after that, a car broke down and these, it happened to be missionaries smuggling Bibles. And, you know, the, the guy, you know, watched them a little bit to see if, if they were able to get their car started, they popped the hood, you know, trying to figure out you know, the car just stopped. They're just driving down the road and it just stopped. It wouldn't turn. So the gentleman walks over there and he says, by any chance, do you have Bibles on you? And the missionaries are like not wanting to admit they're smuggling Bibles, right? They don't know what's going to go down. And they're like, yeah, we do. And he offers them all the money he has. And he says, I have to get my hands on this book that tells you how you can live forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just another story of the hunger. And that's a modern day story. We we take something like that and it feels really outside of our context. And we think, yeah, that's probably back in biblical times, like the wise men searching for the word of God. Mm-hmm. But there are people today who are hungry to hear about this Jesus, and we're the ones who get to tell them. How do you keep, you know, the real meaning of Christmas in front of you with everything that's going on? Are there some things that you do? Are there some liturgies, if you will, that you do that just help you be recaptured by Jesus? Yeah. Well, first of all, it takes intention. Okay. Because if I don't do this, Perry, I will be at December 23rd and just being mad because I just wasted three weeks and got caught up in stuff. So I have already thought through now, sometimes I have uh, friends that help me with this. So for example, I have a dear friend, Sherry, who is excellent at this kind of thing at mindfulness at preparation. She's a a navigator and she just rocks this out. So she already invited me. She and her husband this week, actually later this week are going to be doing an advent workshop kind of thing where they're setting up little stations around their home and they're inviting friends to come by and just prepare for the season by where there are different readings. There are different things we'll be able to do in community as a small group. We'll be able to just kind of set the stage for the coming month as we're able to be reflective. And I'm like, I am putting that on my calendar. That is going to be a priority because I want to focus on that. The other thing that I make sure to do, and, and I've already done this too, I've, I've taken a printable calendar of December and started penciling in what my priorities are. So for example, and, and making sure that they're things that matter to me. So one thing that really matters to me is including people who I love, who I know are going to need a little space and a little relationship over the holidays. So one is my 96-year-old neighbor. She has two sons, um, but they're not in the state here. They are going to come, I think, for Christmas, but I'm going to go like my church is having a really great Christmas concert, and I'm making sure that I bring her to that so she can have that experience. And again, it's just loving others, prioritizing other people, not, I mean, the last thing I want to do is spend my Saturday just sitting on Amazon buying bunch of stuff. I mean, I want to spend time with people that are meaningful to me, 
doing things that are meaningful to me, making sure I'm catching up with people, maybe not, you know, out of state that I want to catch up with. And so putting those on a calendar to make it happen is so important to me. And the other thing that I do is just a little idea is, you know, I, I put my tree up. I, I do a real tree every year. It's just a beast. It drives me nuts. But I do it because one of my favorite things to do is have quiet mornings in mm. front of a lit Christmas tree. Mm. So that is just an important thing for me. And even though all the drama of decorating and Christmas trees and watering trees and needles drives me bonkers, I know that when I sit in front of that tree and can just reflect and do my morning devotions and get ready for work, that will make the season more meaningful to me. And so I make it happen. Lisa Adderson of Boundless.org. These are great, great ideas. And we do really have to be intentional. For me right now, the the Lectio 365 app devotional is focusing on the Christmas story. They're in Luke right now. And I think probably this whole month they're going to be sitting with the Christmas story. Yeah. And they just do such an amazing job. So I'm going to be listening to that. That's not something I do every single day, but mm-hmm. I think... During the Advent season, most days I'm going to listen to the Lectio 365 app. And another thing I do to keep Jesus before me and the reason for this season is I watch the Nativity, a film that was released many, many years ago, but it's done really well. And it just, in simplicity, it just recaptures your heart for the gift of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, in regards to the the Lectio 365 devotional, there's a morning prayers and then there's an evening prayers as well yeah. and they're both focused on Christmas right oh, now. Nice. And so there it's just it's really really good. That's such a great app. Um I've been doing that as well. My friend Nikki gave um she's in my small group and there's four of us women in my small group and she gave each of us a Christmas devotional by Candace Cameron it's called Oh wow. Bring on the Mary. Huh. And so we've kind of um gone away from our regular routine of we were in First Peter just finished First Peter, you know, we read through scripture together and then we meet once a week and talk about it. But we're doing the devotional every day on our own and then meeting once a week to talk about what it was from the devotional that stood out to us. So that's a fun way to keep Jesus in front of you during this season. And this year, I'm hoping in addition to devotions and that sort of thing, I want to go see The Chosen in mm. theater. Yeah. It's the story of Jesus from the perspective of Mary and Joseph. How do you save money when it comes to traveling and just getting to where you want to be? Yeah. Okay. So this is just nuts. And this is, again, not that this is the total like singleness, bitterness fest, but this is where, again, mostly it's the singles and the young adults that are expected to travel and say like, hey, come meet the family XYZ place because you're just single and whatever. But lots of people have to travel, so I won't go there. So here's the deal. We have to, first of all, we have to back this up and realize that whether it's travel or whether you're saving for gifts or whatever you're saving for, you might have to give a few things up. So if that's going to be over the next few weeks now, you need to give up some Starbucks runs. You need to give up your eating out. You might need to give up a streaming service or two to save. Squirrel something away. Then as you hit travel, this is where I'm going to get some haters because I am a big fan of not, not your immediate family. You have to recognize the holiday with the immediate family, but these extended family gatherings that get huge and crazy, 
can we not maybe put those off till after the first of the year? Is there an obligation to have everyone travel so that we're all together on Christmas Day? I have a friend who their whole family travels on Christmas Day at greatly reduced prices. And then they get together and they're able to, you know, have like half price gifts. And it's super awesome. Now, obviously, you know, some of the the more obvious things too are, you know, making sure that you are looking now at what miles you can use for travel, what rewards you have on any of your credit cards. This is the time to cash those in. Maybe it helps like especially for people in drivable distances to meet halfway somewhere and do Christmas at a neutral location. Maybe it's grandma's house. Maybe it's somewhere, you know, somewhere else. That also kind of cuts a little bit of the expense down as well. And so, and or uh, another great idea for that person, again, this might be the young adult or the single person in your family, maybe the family can get together and pitch in for that person's Mm -hmm. ticket. If they're going to be the one who has to travel, maybe they can give them a little help to make it happen because that's great. But sometimes you just have to say, you know, okay, the big, the big event, let's get together in the summer or an off season or whatever, like my family, you know, I, I visit them at Christmas sometimes, but they also, many of them live up near Fargo, North Dakota. And I'm like, you know, I love visiting you guys in the summer. Yeah. I don't know that I need to go sit in a blizzard in the Fargo airport and get stuck again there. Good call. So, you know, see you, see you around May and it'll be awesome. And, <laughs> and it's hard to do sometimes, but we just got to make something work, I guess. Doing Christmas on a budget, it seems, has got to start with like having a budget, like making a plan, sitting down, deciding what you're going to do, and then sticking to it. It's one thing to say, you know, it's like going on a diet, right? I got great plans. This is how I'm going to budget. This is how it's going to go down. But how do you stick to it when you're in the heart of the season and, you know, everything's lit up and it's sale this and sale that and buy two, get one free? How do you stick to the budget? I think it's it's a few things. It's one, making sure that you have your list together of who you're giving to. Now, you can have a few, um, you know, sometimes I talk about having a few of those quote unquote emergency gifts for the one you forgot about that you Oops. need to get a gift for. Right. Have that ready to go as well. But I think it's it's putting down what does this Christmas look like and then communicating expectations with everyone in your circle. So for example, if you've got the extended family thing going on, you guys decide early on, we're going to do a gift exchange. $25 is the limit. $50 is the limit, whatever. Decide what that is. Make sure that everyone is on board so everyone knows the parameters that you're working within. And then realizing that, again, you know, some people find it helpful if they bring everything to cash, you know, they kind of Dave Ramsey it Mm -hmm. and put their envelopes together of this is what I can spend on whomever. That works for some people. For some people, it's just choosing that they're not going to put anything on a credit card. um, So they have to do that or they have to write everything down. I think it's just getting your game plan together, making sure that you know what you're doing, and then thinking of those creative gift items. Another great thing is consumables. If you're baking a bunch of stuff this year, you have got at least five people on your list, those neighbors, those random people from church, whatever, that you can bake some cookies or some Christmas bread or whatever and get that to them. Do not be out there getting them something like super high end. It's just not necessary. It's the thought that's important uh, in this. And so make that happen for sure. And then obviously, you know, keeping Christ at the center of Christmas and making sure that, uh, you know, my mom was great at this. She always did for all of us kids. She went through those missions booklets where you bought like a goat for someone 
or you bought, you know, school supplies for a kid in another country. And that was her gift to us. And she just said, this is what I'm doing for you guys. And she would always buy them like according to, you know, our uh, interests and stuff like that. So my sister was a teacher. And so she always got the school supplies, you know, given for a kid in another country. And it's just a neat, personalized way of making it happen in a way that was super important. I would not have wanted to be in your family, Lisa, because if I got one of those gifts, I'd be really depressed. You'd be like, Mom, you bought somebody else a goat for Christmas (laughs) on my behalf. I remember we did that for my dad one year, and I don't think he was having it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.